0: But Pompey's done for well to get up above Pargill and find Bennett, it's into the box. McNulty, cut back for Roberts! It's Gary Roberts oh, for God Pompey. God, God, Pompey! are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup! Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle So McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty, yes. short for Pompey! Smashes it past McCormack, won by Doyle, finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Pompey. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton.
1: There's a through ball
0: to Jamal Lowe, Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag stayed down, Jamal nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant, Pompey will be promoted at this
1: rate. That is it, Pompey are champions, they've won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce, proud to be Pompey. Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to the video forecast episode 44. Well, there hasn't been a game since we last recorded, but there's been plenty to talk about with the upcoming games against Burton and before that Norwich. Joining me on the show this week is Pompey News Now uh, writer Sam Macy. Uh, Sam's also done a lot of work for Bristol Live, uh, BT Sport, and Aldershot uh, Football Club, so it's great to have Sam on the podcast. Uh, we're just going to go into the chat with Sam in a second but first of all I just wanted to just let you guys know if you're still looking for tickets for the scummer game uh, to head over to the Pomping News Now Twitter so at Pompey News Now if you don't know for some reason Uh, retweet the tweet on there which I will put out there again and uh, yeah retweet it follow at Pompey News Now at po forecast and at Caribou Cup. Thanks to our mates over at Caribou who have kindly offered um, to give away a pair of tickets to a random winner who retweets that tweet. So yeah, get over there, get retweeting and hopefully you guys can win uh, the pair of tickets that Caribou have kindly um, given to us to raffle out for you guys. Um, Yeah, so the podcast started with um, a little bit of a hiccup with Sam's headphones, so um, I'm just going to do the introduction again now so you guys aren't getting this horrible feedback. Uh, And then, yeah, so we started the conversation just discussing the fact that we're absolutely massive, hence why there's no game against Southend, Um, and just asking Sam what he thinks about the international call-ups. Obviously the reason the fixture was cancelled is because we're absolutely massive and had all these international call-ups. Did you manage to catch any of our players who uh, were representing their country?
0: Yeah, so um, obviously I saw that Ross McCrory, captain the under twenty, the Scotland under twenty ones, both games last week. I know they won the game they played as we're recording this yesterday, um, and then obviously I'm not sure how they got on on the over the weekend, but I know he's obviously performing well for his country and obviously been given the responsibility to be the captain. And then obviously Ronan Curtis last night finally getting his his first start for the public of ireland senior team obviously i think he deserved that based off last season he's had an all right start to the season but it's nice to see him getting the recognition from Mick McCarthy and getting a senior call uh, senior start um by all accounts he, he had quite a good game from what i what i saw on social media i didn't obviously watch the game because england were playing last night and i watched that um but yeah i think i think he set up the first goal i think it was his shot which was saved for the first goal and then obviously they scored the rebound but uh, it's it's great to see some of our players getting the recognition they deserve on the international stage. Obviously, McGilvery's been probably one of our best players in his time from Shrewsbury last summer, and it's just great to see that he's been given the chance to to get in and amongst the, the senior team with Scotland, and that people are are taking note of our players when they're excelling in League One. So it's good it's good to see to see our players in, on that sort of level, and hopefully as the season goes on and hopefully if the form picks up, we'll get a few more players getting international call-ups.
1: Yeah, no, completely. And I see that Ronan Curtis started um, on the attacking wing on the left-hand side in that sort of 4-2-3-1 formation, um, which is obviously something that we played all last season and he's fairly comfortable, isn't he playing in that position? So no, decent. And then I saw Ross McCrory also got the winning assist the other day against Croatia. Yeah, and he was absolutely applauded for that I saw a lot of Scotland fans joking around because obviously I think Craig McGivory was an unused sub in the 4-0 loss
0: um,
1: they had and they were saying why doesn't uh, why don't these lads play instead of the the senior lads Um, and you know people will really want Ross don't they to go on and crack it into that Scotland national team
0: exactly I think like why why not give him a call If if he's playing well for the under 21s and then it feels like for Scotland in terms of the goalkeepers they've they've had David, David Marshall, Marshall, Alan McGregor playing in goal for years. And maybe that'd be nice to be freshened up and give Craig a game potentially if he deserves it. Cause obviously he was brilliant last year for us. And outside Matt Clark and Jamal Lowe was probably our best player last season for, for the most part of the season. So if he carries on playing like that, I don't see why, why he couldn't get a, a potential first team starting. Even if it was just a friendly, he'd still be deserved in my opinion. So hopefully, hopefully some of the boys are given. well, McCrory and McGivory could break into that Scotland squad at some point in this season or, well, not the squad, but the first team.
1: Yeah, no, I, I believe so and I don't think losing 4-0 is going to damage uh, McGivory's chances, is it, of getting a start for exactly. Scotland as well? And um, yeah, I don't see why Ross can't at some point, you know, press on with Pompey and a bit like Ben Thompson in a way, but for his club, build a bit more of a a reputation of starting, you know, most games, which I think he should be. And then, you know, take that to the international level.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because I think as as obviously we've not had the best start to the season, I think he is one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment as well. I think him and Kenny obviously wants to get him into the side with we've seen that. Obviously, before the international break, we're getting Tom Naylor in centre-half so that he can play Ross in that midfield with Ben Close. So hopefully, he gets a run of games together and he'll be able to show, show the form which he showed, the same form he showed on the international stage for us and get some, assists, some winning assists for us in the next few weeks.
1: No, definitely. D- just a quick one, moving on from the level of, obviously, this is why the game was cancelled, but what are your feelings on the postponement do you think it's going to help a team going forward into these next sort of long run of games or do you feel that could hamper the team?
0: I think there's two ways to look at it. In, you could look at it as a positive, obviously. you get you rest in the, the players, you're giving them a two-week break and obviously we have three international call-ups and the rest of the squad have had a lot of time to sort of put their feet up and just have another two weeks on the training ground so Kenny can sort of implement the system and give the ch- the players a chance to gel on the training ground and maybe replicate some of the form which they're showing in training onto the s- onto sort of like Saturday's game or well well be Tuesday's game in the league and obviously Saturday in the the Czech trade or leasing dot com trade or whatever it's called now. But then yeah, <laughs> it could be it could be a negative in in the fact that there's a lot more pressure. Like obviously the last game we played was Blackpool and we did, by all accounts we didn't play too badly in that, but. It's another week where we've not got a win, and sort of like, it's almost like, it's almost like D-Day on that on that Tuesday because it's like, where's the next win going to come from? And there's still a lot of pressure on Kenny because it's been so long since we've won. So, there's two ways to look at it, but in my personal opinion, I think it's positive because we've had two weeks two weeks to gel, gel together as a team. And probably Ronan Curtis, Ross McCrory and McGivory, they're all sort of like nailed on starters, and they know their sort of role within the team. But then some of the other positions, so like the, cent- the two centre halves, finding the best sort of combination is giving us another two weeks, and Kenny another two weeks to sort of get his bearings and pick pick his strongest team, and hopefully we'll see an improvement when, when it comes to Burton on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. And I think also it's worth noting then with all these little injuries going on, you know, Marcus Harness, for instance, James Bolton just getting back to being fit. Maybe time's on our side really, isn't there? Waiting a little bit before throwing ourselves back into the cauldron that could be of a must-win really in the league.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think if as well, like we've got games in hand now, so even at this early stage, it's still a chance for us to sort of like claw back points when other teams aren't playing. So we know Sort of like how obviously we've got two games in hand now from the Rotherham game and then South End last weekend. Both both at Fratton Park where you back us nine times out of ten to try and get a result, and we'll get something from those games. So then we can sort of like start to claw back. So let's look at it for an extra six points up for grabs when the rest of the league isn't playing. So hopefully that'll give us a bit of an extra incentive, and we can sort of hunt down the teams ahead of us. And if we do get those six points, we're going to be in a hell of a lot of better position than we are now in the league. I think if you if you had those six say theoretically we did get those six points we'd be we'd be back up and amongst the playoff positions and but we wouldn't know what we but and then the start wouldn't look so bad. But hopefully hopefully it's given everyone a chance to sort of like rest and gel together and hopefully we'll see the benefits of that Tuesday, like I said.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, do you know what we'll do, actually? We'll go into, this sort of rolls into a little bit of the question that we put out there earlier on and um, into what the listeners and everyone contrib- contributed. And it talks about how the how Kenny's going to approach this sort of run of games. Um, obviously, we've got Norwich coming up on Saturday and followed by Burton on Tuesday in quite six, quick succession. Um, so I put a question out to you guys saying, should Kenny continue to rotate the squad In the uh, leasing trophy match against Norwich. And there's a sub question Will Pittman or Evans get the nod? So there's been such a variety of opinions on this topic. And I think that it's fair to say that we'll only know really, maybe after the game, which one was the correct answer. But uh, Luke Ellis kindly um, messaged in. So thanks, Luke, always, you know, regular listener, friend of the show. He said, He played the first team at QPR, then said they were knackered for Blackpool away three days later. With that being the case, he has to play the reserves in the cup uh, against the under-21s, as we've got three big games in a week to come up after that. Sam, do you feel that we should be resting players up further after the two-week break, or do you think we should just be getting our best 11 out there against Norwich and trying to get some momentum?
0: I think... If it was me, I was as shocked as anyone to see the sort of the team we put out against Crawley a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's all well and good try and get momentum. I think the logic behind that was maybe try and beat a Crawley reserve team, and then obviously this weekend beating, beating Norwich under twenty one team. And if we say we beat them f- three or four nil, there's some momentum for the first team. So I do see the logic in playing a first team just to sort of try and get get a result to give. Like re reinstill the confidence into the, into the first team, but having said that, you do run the risk of injuries and and obviously things uh, run the risk of injuries. But if it was me, I personally I personally dabble in a few things. So maybe give Tom Naylor another game at centre half, or or maybe test out another centre half com- combination. Maybe Burgess and Raggett. We've not seen that combination yet. I don't know if Raggett can play on Saturday, but I think. There's there's no right answer in my eyes. I think if Kenny if Kenny wanted to play a, a fully a fully fit strong eleven for Saturday, I think I wouldn't be too upset with that. But then if he did play a reserve team again, I wouldn't be upset with that either because it does Then you don't run the risk of injuries. But personally, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see Kenny, I'd like to see him give Gareth Evans and Pittman a game just to sort of draw a line under this whole sort of thing, and and let them and sort of try and rebuild a relationship because they they're both going to be big squad players for the whole season and hopefully if if you get them happy again you're gonna see the best of them for the rest of the season. So for me, there's there's no right or wrong answer in this situation, but I, I do see both sides of it.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? Because I think you want to get a mix in this competition of playing some young players and continuing their development. Um as well as sort of, you know, not just throwing out a youth side so that you've got Players who are maybe on the fringe, mate, of the team, uh, given an opportunity to show themselves and show what they can do, a bit like Burgess last season when he, um, you know, was out of the team, and you know Jack Watmore gets injured, and Burgess plays, you know, really well in the Checker Trade Trophy, and then sort of earns himself back into the team, really.
0: Exactly, exactly, and then you could almost look at it as well for an opportunity to sort of ease players back into full fitness. So obviously Ryan Williams, we've not seen him play yet this season. And I think, obviously, Raggett needs a bit more game time. Like I said, I don't know if he's able to play. And then James Bolton as well is not going to do any, do any harm getting giving him another full 90 in the tank. So hopefully we'll see some more of the players coming back from injury in that side and then maybe give the fringe players a chance to show Kenny what they can do. But then, interest, interestingly enough, say he doesn't start Pittman and then he brings Pittman on again, what sort of, what sort of message is that going to send Pittman? Is that going to... Obviously, he wasn't happy about coming off the bench against Crawley, but would that be the worst thing in the world? Probably not, because if he does play well and come off the bench, that'll give him a chance to sort of show the manager what he's about again. Obviously, we know what Brett Pittman can do, but if he comes on and scores goals, there's going to get to a stage where he can't not play Brett Pittman.
1: That's it, isn't it? I think we've discussed this, but I thought it's. And let's just go into what actually what Kelvin B. Adams says. Kelvin, thanks again, mate, for, for messaging in. And he says, I'm really interested to see what you guys think about the captaincy issues. With uh, Burton up on Tuesday night, I feel that this needs to be a mixed team, hopefully, more minutes of Bolton and possibly Williams. So let's start off with um, the first question that he's put into us, which is interested to see what you guys think about the captaincy issues. you saying really that? I suppose Kenny could try and not draw a line, but you know, get some closure on this by just starting both of them, and you know, trying to show that there isn't an issue in the dressing room.
0: Definitely, I think they're two, they're two of our most senior players in that dressing room. Like, if you look at the contribution which they've both given over the last couple of seasons, like Pittman in the first season he was here got 25 goals, and then last season he got 13. He played any position he was sort of asked to, and I think he he's been excellent under jacket. Admittedly he's been in and out of the team, he was in and out of the team last season. And then obviously Evans, he he will always give 100% no matter what. And I think if you've got both of those players on side, then we're going to have a better squad and this, we're going to be better for it. But having said that, I don't feel, if I was a player, I wouldn't want to sort of undermine the manager either. Obviously, I, I don't agree with Gareth Evans being dragged off after playing 25 minutes against Blackpool. But at the end of the day, the manager is the most important person in, in sort of like the club. So having said that, it's, I, I do see both sides of it. But if I was Kenny Jackett, I'd want to try and get both of those players back on side. And I'd sort of try and just make it all water under the bridge. And then if we can, get, get them back in the squad and happy, even if that meant maybe starting them in a game, in, in a couple of games, just to sort of keep the team morale up. And I think that's the best thing to do, in my opinion. But... I think I think both sides both sides don't look great. I think they're both senior players and they should should be setting a better example. But then also, Kenny Jackett could have gone about his business with both of them a little bit better than he already has.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think mean, my perspective of it is that I mean, and this is well documented that I I really thought that Pittman should have been relieved of the captaincy in the summer. Yeah. I think that um Tom Naylor was the obvious choice for me as well to take over you know he's got championship experience you know he he leads by example on the pitch he's vocal as I said last week, when I saw him play at QPR, I was right behind the goal and he was marshalling every player in that defence, telling them when to push up, clapping them, tapping them on the shoulder and um, Downing looked really assured next to, next to Naylor as well, having that sort of sturdy presence with him and just helping him with positioning and all kinds of bits. And Tom, for me, is the natural, natural captain for this side for this season. And I do feel that Kenny should have made that choice in the summer when I yeah. saw him at the fans forum, you know, Brett Pittman looked a little bit, in my opinion, uh, front and part slumped over. He's, he wasn't speaking as positively as maybe I have seen him talk. And for me, this is a complete mismanagement from Kenny Jacket, really. And this should have been sorted out in the summer. And no one would have really. I mean, obviously, some people would have would have commented on it, but... I don't think anyone would have been upset if Tom Naylor really was given the captaincy in the summer. You know, Tom's one of the, is the first name I'd say in some ways on the team sheet, isn't he from Kenny Jacket, whether it's in the midfield or in central defense, you know, I don't think you see anyone kicking Tom Naylor out of the team. And I think that's a decision that should have been made in the summer. And maybe that little bit of misjudgment now is, is has uh, bit him on the ass, really. It just sort of
0: feels like it's come at the worst possible time. Obviously with all, with with a lot of the with fans being split over jacket in or jacket out, it just feels like it's another sort of thing to add fuel to the fire, and it gets people talking again, which is probably not what Kenny Jacket would have wanted at this sort of stage of the season, especially with all the sort of added pressure from the fans on him already. So, I think definitely it definitely could have been done. He could have done. Uh, he could have gone gone about it so much better. And but I, I I I agree. Tom Naylor is the natural born leader in that in that side. But I think. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of interest in Brett Pittman over the summer as well. Like, It was not been confirmed, obviously, but I think if he'd moved on in the summer, it would have automatically then gone to Tom Naylor or someone like that to be the new club captain. And when that sort of didn't happen, it just sort of might have been left by Jacket. But hopefully, hopefully now he sort of learnt from it. And with Naylor as captain, we can move forward and progress better as a team.
1: Yeah. Do you think the the... Do you think that Gareth Evans being stripped of the vice-captaincy was a necessary thing in this situation? I don't think, I think you can probably have two vice-captains on the side. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Lee Browns. And I think he's, you know, again, he's he's a leader on the pitch as well, isn't he? I've seen him um, at the end of the Aki Stanley game. Was it Aki Stanley or Peterborough? I think, yeah, at the end of the Pakistani game, you know, picking the players up and let's go for the let's go for the playoffs now. This is who we've got. Um, no, it was the Peterborough game, you know, when we lost at home. Yeah. And he's going around. Some of the players, you know, collapsed to the floor whatever, you know, due to the, the automatic promotion, um, not getting it. And, you know, t- he's there picking people up and talking to them. And obviously he's great in the dressing room. I don't think there's any need necessarily to take, gareth evans off that senior role not that it makes that much difference really does it uh, let's be honest but i think it's just sort of creating friction maybe where there yeah wasn't any necessary to do that
0: well no matter what i don't think it's up for much debate that the foremost senior players in that dressing room are lee brown tom nola gareth evans and brett pitman i think that's that was that's evident from from wherever they are obviously they all they all seem like big personalities just on lee brown anyway like obviously doing work with Bristol Live last season and covering Bristol Rovers. No one's got a bad word to say about Lee Brown. And he he they love him. They love him down in Bristol. And he again, like he's another natural born leader. And they sort of struggled initially to find a captain once Lee Brown had left. So mm-hmm. Lee Brown was he was a massive sort of like presence in that dressing room from sort of what I've gauged. And they really struggled because they were sort of like throwing the captaincy round in the first half of last season, and they couldn't find a leader on the pitch once Lee Brown had left. So, again, like it's a very, it's a very good decision to make Lee Brown vice captain, but you, you then could have made them joint vice captain with Gareth Evans because he's shown as well a lot of times over the last couple of seasons by like the first half of last season when he played so well in that number ten role. He led, he led by example on the pitch when we, when we were pretty much unbeatable. So hopefully hopefully he can get gareth evans back on side and we can just move forward from this whole saga
1: yeah i hope so and i, I think there are good choices that he's made um just the wrong time really isn't it i think mean, and that's that's sort of been the i think that's where a lot of the criticisms come from actually not really that people are upset about the choices for captain and vice captain just that it's just all the wrong timing and everything i suppose is a little bit emotional at the moment isn't it
0: yeah exactly
1: um, yeah, so it's gone to the second point of his uh, question. Um, so he says with Burton up on Tuesday, I feel we need to be a mixed team. Hopefully, more minutes of Bolton and possibly Williams. So I think he's pretty much agrees with you there.
0: Yeah, yeah, they. We both. We're, we're still yet to see what they can do. Like I remember when Ryan Williams came to Fratton Park a couple of years ago when we played Rotherham on Sky. I'm pretty sure we lost two nil, and I think John Taylor might might have scored. I, I might have been 1-0 no, or 2 but I know John Taylor scored, and Ryan Williams looked excellent, and I think he's got, we've spoken a lot about, obviously you guys spoken a lot of on the podcast in the last few weeks about our delivery, and that's something which Ryan Williams has has to his game, and hopefully if we get him into the side, we'll see a lot more creativity from the flanks, and then with James Bolton, obviously right back this year, it's been quite, quite a tough position, obviously Anton Walks. Probably didn't start the season too great, and then obviously we we put Christian Burgess there. It'd be nice to see Bolton get a run of games and show us what he can do. So yeah, I I agree completely. It'd be good to see what those guys can do and give them a run out on hopefully on Saturday if they're both fully fit.
1: Yeah no no completely. I I'm, I'm I'm hoping that uh, that we see a bit of a mixed team um, and that you know players cement their positions like, like Bolton because at the end of the day he came in to directly replace Nathan Thompson and that's yeah, a big exactly. that's a big hole isn't it left in the side. Um so if we can get him I'm guessing the natural balance of the team looks a lot better especially with Houndstrip playing pretty well at left back.
0: Then you've got natural full backs playing as opposed to a centre back converted like to right back.
1: Yeah and obviously no diss on Burgess he's been he's been good filling in that role isn't he? um yeah. mu- much better than I thought he'd be no, exactly. When when
0: that first team sheet came out at QPR, I remember just looking at him and being like, he's, "He's Kenny's lost his mind, here. Burgess at Burgess at fullback is just it just looked bizarre, didn't it?
1: It looked bizarre on the pitch as well. Were you at the yeah. QPR game?
0: No, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't at the QPR game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was there. It looked it looked odd from the stands, but yeah. he actually I thought he did very well. Um, in in a sort of more defensive role but again it, it fills the stopgap doesn't it when walks as I think Freddie was saying on the, on the podcast the other week was just losing too many one-on-one battles basically and the defense itself has been losing um too many one-on-one battles so even though statistically we're not actually in possession we we're very careful and we don't we don't give a lot away. Um, we press up very high up the pitch uh, and win the ball back fairly well up the pitch compared to last season where we sunk very deep when we didn't have the ball and ended up you know, struggling to get out of our own half and struggling to score because of that then if we're under the cosh. Um, whilst this season we've actually been much better at that with a much more mobile attacking force. You know, Marcus Harness, um, John Marquis again, much more mobile up front. But we just need to be able to win those one-on-one defensive battles, and I think we'll be all right.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's it, Marquis, That's something which he's really added up front. The work rate and pressing those defenders has been evident, evident to see. Like it might not, might not have been given the service in particularly ones, but no one, no one can say that he hasn't given hundred percent every minute he's been on the pitch since he signed for us. That, that's that's. Just one of the characteristics of his game is he just works very, very hard and presses defenders. And that's, that's what you want from a striker, really. And then and that encourages the wide players to do it as well, what, like we've seen with Harness and Curtis pressing as well. And then if they continue to do that, we're going to get a lot more chances in the final third just from pressing.
1: Yeah, completely. And we saw that against, it was against Blackpool where Marcus charged down Curtis Tilt, basically, didn't he? And, and won the ball back and uh, it led to a goal from from Marcus Harness. So um, that's the eye test in, in place there, isn't it? Evidence number one. Um, moving on, I was talking about fringe players getting a chance and uh, Jake Mayers said, I'll be tempted to give Hawkins a run out if he's fit. Need to get minutes under his belt. Ollie Hawkins is sort of the the man out at the moment, isn't he? He's the odd ob- one out as such. Do you want to see Hawkins being given some minutes or would you look- let's see Harrison start up front or what would you like to do?
0: Well, Alex Harrison, I was at the Birmingham game earlier on the season and he was excellent up front. He, he Obviously, it was against a second-string Birmingham team, but he looked really, really good and it's been a bit of a shame that we've not really been able to see him hit, hit the heights, which we sort of, which I th- I personally thought it was an excellent signing when we got him. But I'd I would like to see him, but then Ollie Hawkins, I don't have a bad word to say about him to be honest with you, because since he came in from Dagenham, he's he's done whatever the managers asked for him. He's he's played up front, he's played at centre half and you've got I think we sort of I think Kenny owes it to him almost to to give him give him another chance because he deserves it. I think for me he's just he was he's always been a bit of a scapegoat no matter where he's been so, like, obviously, the jacket hoofball up to up to Hawkins was a feature of our play last season. But he, he he's yeah he, he's, he's he's I really like Hawkins, and i I think I think we almost owe it to him to give him give him another chance, and even if it is just in the cheque trade. But yeah, I think it'd, it'd be good to see to see Marquis and Marcus get a rest because obviously he's played quite a bit of football, and he's it's evident that he's going to be the main man this season. But it would just be nice to see. Harrison or Hawkins given a chance to show us what, what they can both do.
1: And would you want to keep the formation the same as it is? You, are you a fan of the 4-3-3? So it would be Hawkins or Harrison up front in the position for, as a straight swap from, um, from John Marquis? Or would you want to mix it up and, and try something different?
0: Well, at the beginning of the season, I, I wanted us to play 4-4-2. But like Freddie said last week, I think we get overrun in midfield. And we, we, I, I'd like to see us hopefully have that three in midfield with McCrory, Close and Naylor. And then obviously Andy Cannon's been really good so far this season. So I think, I think I'd stick with a 4-3-3, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing potentially go two up front against, sort of, against Norwich just to see how it goes. And then obviously you can maybe interchange the formation. Say you play Gareth Evans starting on the right, you then could move him centrally if you wanted to go into a 4-3-3 again and move Ellis Harrison out, on, out onto the right, which is something we've seen quite a lot this season. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to see, I'd like to potentially see a, a formation change. It wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt at all. And maybe maybe some of the fans would sort of, sort of be a bit happier with, with Kenny if he does, obviously, move um, formation. Because that's been another feature of his managerial style. He's, he's been very set in his ways that he always wants to play with that three in midfield no matter what. And I, yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see a four-four-two, but I, I don't think he'll go for it. I think he will stick with the same formation. So hopefully, no matter what he does, I'll back it. But it would be nice to see things mixed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be nice to see things mixed up. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of playing the personally playing the four-three-three formation. I think with the high press will work really well if we can just sort out um, a steady defence. I think that. In, especially in League One, if you can get on top of teams and not give them much time on the ball at the back, press them. Um, teams who have a lot less ability and class than us on the ball are going to struggle against you know talented you know quick players up up top. So if we can just sort out those one-on-one battles at the back, I think it's a, it's a formation that will bear fruit. At the end of the day, um, Freddie asks. Actually, he sent a question. in again, thanks, Freddie. And oh yeah, thanks, Jake as well for sending that question in. He says, "Would you start Pittman at CAM for this game, and then against Burton?"
0: Following on from the, the previous question, it depends on what formation we play. I think if you're going to start, if you're going to start in a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three, then yeah, I, I think the obvious choice to play in that position is Pittman. Especially if we're rotating the team, So he showed what he could do when he came on against Crawley. So I think. I think he sort of almost deserves to be given the chance to play in that position, and then it's just your, and then it's just whether you want Hawkins, Harrison, or Marquis to start up front. But personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him against Burton. I would start him against Norwich. Though. I think Pittman off the bench is something a bit different. I'd, I'd like to see Cannon, Cannon potentially keep his place, or maybe even move Tom Naylor back into midfield, and then see close on McCrory go further forward. Depending on what Kenny wants to do with Burgess, if he's going to keep him at right back or at centre half, but I would, I'd personally start him for Norwich, but not Burton.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm in the same same sort of you know ballpark as you here. I what it is for me is that I just I think Brett Pittman's a you know a great player for us, and I think that he's got obviously got a lot of talent, maybe one of the best natural scorers we have in the team. But at the same time, I just I'm not feeling us as a team playing that that sort of number 10 role. And I don't feel that I want Brett Pittman playing up front in a sort of a nine role. I don't think, especially on his own, I don't think he's got the legs to play it. So it's a bit difficult fitting him in the team, isn't it? Unless you build the team around him playing in that centre attacking midfield role. So for me, I think he's a great player to bring off the bench at the moment Earlier in games, though, Kenny, not, not 90th minute substitutions, Coventry yeah. or whatever. But, you know, if you, if you feel that at half time it's not working or 60 minutes in or something like that, more realistically, then I think he's a great player to have at our disposal.
0: That's it. If, you, if you've got someone like Cannon, who who is dynamic and he, he likes to get on the ball, and he, he's someone who gives 100%, if he gives 100% for 65 minutes or 70 minutes, then you can bring Pittman on. To potentially nick a goal as we're pushing further forward, I think that that Im, that makes a lot of sense to me, especially if you because he does that offers someone completely different to anyone we've got in the team. We've not got anyone like Brett Pittman, and in, as good as Marcus is, and he's obviously he is a natural goal scorer. I think Brett Pittman offers a different sort of type of a different type of goal scorer because any anywhere within twenty five yards, you bet you back Brett Pittman to hit the target nine times out of ten. So hopefully that, that. Kenny, Kenny sort of learned from the mistakes he's made in the last few weeks and he will utilise Brett Pittman a lot more
1: yeah and it'll be really really interesting and I'm sure we'll analyse it afterwards to see on the next episode what you know what choices Kenny Jacket makes and how they how they bear fruit um, just going on to the next question here we've got loads in so thanks again guys um, Sharon jokes I like your comment he just says probably have our goalkeeper as a defender she's obviously got a lot of faith in, in Kenny jacket there yeah. um Sam uh, Leon's cheers for messaging in both you guys he also says get Hawkins out there if he's ready so I'll be honest I've not had many comments comments about Ollie Hawkins and then we talk about squad rotation and people are thinking about using him so you know I think he, as you said before he comes under a bit of unfair criticism a lot of the time so it's quite nice to see a few people giving him a shout-out. And um, Greg says, uh, cheers again, Greg, Pompey News now. Rotating the squad is tricky. How um, can we get a set team when it seems like every other match is a cup game at the moment? Um, Greg wants to go with the starting 11 and, and just play it for Saturday and then play it on Tuesday. So, again, obviously, there's a little bit of a, a risk of injury by playing everyone. Can you imagine if Marquise and... Um, Naylor get like <laughs> uh, injured against Norwich, and then the amount of criticism that Kenny Jackett would get afterwards.
0: It's almost like a lose lose in that situation because we play a reserve team, we lose. He comes under criticism. We play a first eleven, he comes under criticism because we could get injuries. I think, yeah, I think I, I completely get what Greg's saying because he's played it. We, we've not lost a cup game this yet this season. We've 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 won every every game, and that's with our first team. We've beaten some decent teams with that with that first team. Like if you if you go off our cup form, it's been it's been a flawless season so far. But obviously, potentially fatigue and tiredness does come into the equation if you've got a Saturday, Tuesday game. But after two weeks, I completely get what Greg's saying because we've not played for two weeks. It's going to be fresh legs and people are going to want to want to get back out there playing. So yeah, why not play a first eleven if 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 it's fully fit and available it's sort of like I said earlier and I see the benefits of both, side, both sides and I'd be happy with whatever Kenny chooses to do.
1: Yeah, no, I can see it completely from both sides as well, which is what makes it such an interesting choice because we all know it's going to be closely scrutinized, isn't it? Whatever decision he makes really. Yeah, um, really. Dave Lauren, MS is in, cheers Dave, he said apart from the international call-ups, they've had two weeks off. So I'd go with the strongest squad available, even if he subs off a couple of key players, second half, that could be a good point, isn't He, he could, Maybe maybe we score a goal or two. Hopefully uh, against Norwich um, under twenty ones, and then actually just quickly on that, I noticed the fixtures list it as under twenty one, Sam. Yeah, yeah. but um, the guy I will speak to about a uh, bit in a bit for Norwich, he says that they've got an under twenty three squad, and it's the under twenty threes. Do you know which one it is?
0: I have no idea. I, th- I think to be honest with you. I... I think the competition's a bit of a mess anyway, and I don't think many people know which one it is. I think it, I thought it was the under-21s, personally, because I think one of my one of my friends from university is a Tottenham fan, and he said it was their under-21s when we played them last season. So okay. I, so, yeah, because under-23s, to me, sort of, sort of like insinuates that it would be sort of a bit more senior players, senior sort of youth players playing through, and I don't think it would be. I think you're allowed. What's it? One one player over
1: over twenty three
0: or twenty one. Again, it's,
1: it's yeah. No, no do they. No, it doesn't matter which one. I just I just wondered because I noticed on the fixtures. But if you go to Norwich's website as well, the team's website, yeah. it doesn't. They've only got an under 23's team. So I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Um, sorry, Dave. I completely interrupted your question, mate. Um, so he said that even if he subs a couple of key, uh, key players second half, that could be a good strategy, couldn't it, Sam? He could play some players, you know, secure maybe a couple of goal leads and then hopefully they won't do in England and concede a couple in the second half whilst he rests his um, senior players.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think if there was going to be a game in this competition where you, where you wouldn't think there'd be too many injuries, obviously bar like freak, freak injuries where, where players go down untouched, you don't really see many many sort of like feisty affairs in youth football. I think that's something which which I think you can maybe factor in as well. I don't think, I don't think players like, sort of like youth players are going to go in 100 miles an hour on on players like John Marquis and, and sort of Ronan Curtis, the players who you wouldn't want to get injured. I don't think Curtis will play anyway, obviously being away with Ireland this week. But I, I, I think, it, I think, yeah, it's, it's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's really got me thinking. It's, it's tricky whether to sort of say, say go, there's no right or wrong answer in, in, in this, in my opinion. I think, if you want to get momentum, then 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 go for your strongest team, but you do run the risk of injuries. But it's an interesting one. I think it depends how seriously he wants to take this competition as well. Like obviously we won it last year, and I don't know if he wants to retain it or what the motivations this year. Oh, the-
1: let's hope not, Sam.
0: Uh, it's it's just it's just going to add. It's just we're going to get even further behind if we do progress again. It was sort of like no one really cared about the trade last year till we were at Wembley.
1: No, yeah, that's completely right. I would say. Um... Yeah, that's, that's, that is spot on and now everyone's won it, went there last year as well. I think any sort of fun factor that was right at the end for a lot of fans has is, is got to be, people got to be over it, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think the Nobby's wore off a little bit now.
1: Yeah. as This seems like a perfect transition. Let's go into the, uh, just quickly previewing this, this Norwich game. Obviously, I'm not going to spend as much time on this as we will do on the Burton game, but... Sam, I don't know if you do, but I don't have a lot of nor- knowledge knowledge about Norwich uh, no. under 21s or 23s. So what I did is I reached out to our friends at the Along Come Norwich uh, podcast and blog and asked them to fill me in with a couple of players people can watch out for if you are heading to the game or you're listening on the radio or whatever. Because, you know, they're more much more qualified than us to to yeah let people know what's going on when it comes to youth teams um so I'll just write what the guy said there he said um the Norwich under 23s are actually quite interesting because they've invested more in them over the course of this summer than they did in the first team squad um they got Adam Idaher he's a big standout if I got his name right he's a centre forward he plays for the Republic of Ireland on 21 so he'll be um He's quite a regular for the team, so he'll be acquainted with Ronan Curtis as such. Um, He made his first team bow in the League Cup at Crawley. Uh, He's on the fringes of the first team. Um, Apparently, he's quite a dynamic striker. um, And I think that he's one of the players people should look out for. So people look out for Adam Ida. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce his name. I-D-A-H? Ida? Ida? I don't know I'm I'm just guessing mate I'm guessing yeah so um, alongside Ida they've got a guy called Dan Ashstead. I can get that one right in central midfield and they bought him from Rochdale for 300k in the summer I don't remember him playing
0: no, I don't remember him either.
1: No. Um, and alongside that, they've got two Scotland Under-21 internationals who I noticed were called up actually for the U19s rather than the U21s, but uh, apparently acquainted with Ross McCrory. Um, and a guy called Archie Mayer in, um they have got in goal, and a guy called Aidan Fitzpatrick, and he's also particularly high re- highly rated. So... That's about all I'm going to cover for it, apart from the team. And if I'm honest, there's a couple of players there for you guys to look out for if you are indeed planning on following and going to the game. Um, I suppose the last thing is Ben Pay messaged in and said, here's his team for the game against Norwich. He wants to play Bass in goal, Bolton, Houndstrip, Burgess and Raggett in centre midfield, uh, Walks Close Cannon, Williams, Evans, Pittman. Thoughts? It's an interesting one.
0: That's for sure. Um, Anson walks in the central midfield. I think by, by trade, I think he's a, he's a central midfielder. So that, that'll be quite an interesting one to see. Give him a chance to sort of show what he, what he can do. Because obviously when he did come in on loan from Tottenham initially, he was, he was probably one of our best players in that central midfield role. So, yeah, I can see the thinking behind that. Um, yeah, Downing. I think Downing's going to be Kenny's first choice centre-half, no matter what. So it's just deciding whether he wants to go with the Raggett or Burgess. Uh, Then, yeah, I think Bass, obviously, I think Bass will start as well, because obviously McGivery's been away this this week with Scotland. And then it's just whether, again, if you want to go, like we said earlier on, Williams and Bolton, that'd be great to see those guys playing. Um, But yeah, Pittman and Evans as well. Again, I can see the logic behind it purely because he wants to sort of, maybe try and show them that he, they both are part of his plan. So yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against that side starting at all. I think for me, yeah, I can see it happening, but it's just whether you want to go full strength or play a rotated team like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, completely. No, right, it's food for thought and cheers, Ben. I appreciate you taking the time to build the team and send it in, mate. Should we move on to the Burton game? It's a bit more interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this is a massive game. I keep saying it, but this is a massive game for Kenny, Jacket and Pompey because we need to start winning soon. We can't be dropping any more points behind behind the leaders, really, because it will be a difficult thing to catch up if we don't get some wins soon. Um, Burton Albion, good team, good manager, started well so far this season, so just a little bit of a rundown. Uh, the 10th in the league with 10 points from six games, so they've won three drawn one lost two but if they win against us on tuesday there will only be two points off the top of wickham um, they lost 1-0 to Ipswich this season, but they did have Stephen Quinn sent off in that game. So it was a pretty close match against Ipswich right up there as well. And the only other loss came to Rotherham, uh, 1-0 again, um, obviously just relegated from the championship. So not an easy game. They beat Gillingham, Oxford, and most recently 2-0 against Bristol Rovers. Uh, and they drew 0-0 in a defensive sort of stalemate against Shrewsbury. And I think Pompey fans can all you know relate to that because that's nearly what happened to us wasn't it on the first day of the season if it wasn't for that absolute screamer they've got some positive news as well a player that Pompey fans probably will know Liam Boyce their striker um Northern Ireland international Woo! um yeah he's apparently going to be fit for the Pompey game he's a possibility for Saturday for their game before us but yeah he's going to be fit which is a massive boost for for them in particular um, they've got some other injury worries. Um, I've said that Nathan uh, Broadhead um, might be out injured, and he plays in the three up front for Burton, and he, he's I think he's got two goals this season. Um, Buxton at the back again. He's got some issues, some some pay management through his ribs. Maybe back for the game or not. But if he's not, that is a big loss for them because the 34 year old's been pretty decent at the back. You know, he's only five eleven, but he's I think he's won the most aerial battles out of any player in the Burton squad. So he'll be a big miss if they do have him out. Um, you know, Burton's style of play, Nigel Clough, we know what he likes to play. Everyone who went to Burton away would know. He likes to play a possession style of football. And Burton tend to play that in the opposition's half, if possible. Retain possession in the opposition's half. Push forward, move the ball. Um, they've got only got 51.6% possession over the season so far, which actually shocked me. I thought they would have done a bit better. But when you look at the teams they've played against... They've all been, you know, fairly, fairly top teams, actually, I would say. And fairly decent size. They haven't played any stinking teams yet. Um, and what Burton will do to us, mate, is they're gonna really try and get the ball wide and, and put balls into the box when it when it's the right time. Did you yeah. go to the did you see the Burton game last season when yeah. you know the likes of Boyce and Atkins up front, etc.? They they're really good at getting on the on the front foot, aren't they? And and you know, bearing some of these chances. Exactly. If you remember
0: the Liam Boyce goal, which he actually scored against us last season, it was it was a ball coming in from wide and him heading the, heading the ball obviously in. But they're not going to be an easy game at all. They're like you said, they Nigel Clough is a is a very very good manager. They they they've beaten some good teams this year. Like I think Oxford beating Oxford away four two, scoring four goals there's probably been one of their standout results. And we do actually have quite a good record against them. I was having a little look before we started recording they. We we've got quite a good record against them. We've only lost one of our last six games against them. We're unbeaten in, in our last four against them. So it's hopefully hopefully that, that sets us in good stead um to potentially get some like sort of like get another win to sort of build some momentum. But yeah, like like you said, we, we know what we're not gonna get with Burton. They play some nice football and they are gonna be a, a tough test for us. But I think just just in my opinion, just looking at our team, I think once we click we are gonna we are gonna beat most teams in this division. I think hopefully that'll be Burton. I think with the two weeks to sort of get back to full fitness, work on it anything we needed to in training, hopefully touch wood, we are gonna get a result there and we'll we will be able to kick start our season.
1: And, and it's going to be I, I've got to say mate I agree and I think it's going to be a, a high scoring game as well because the only games Burton have lost this season is 1-0 when they've been completely shut out or they've drawn when they, you know, Shrewsbury have of the bus we say as well Burton tend to come out and try and score goals and Pompey have been scoring goals but conceding goals so it's going to be a pretty entertaining game I reckon down at Fratton Park both teams score all over it all over that mate all over that Definitely. Um, was there anything else I was going to say on that? Um, Burton are particularly dangerous, apparently, statistically on the counter-attack. But, and you can see that with the likes of Boys, Atkins, etc. playing for them. But they're also particularly vulnerable to counter-attacks themselves. Um, I think that's because the fact they try and press high, very high up the field and nice. try and retain possession in the opposition half. So if you break... Uh, the likes of Harness, which obviously they'll know all about because he's just come from them, um, Curtis, uh, Marquez, all these sort of players should have a lot of space in behind if we can play them through.
0: Precisely. If we if we are able to sort of convert, like like do like play them at their own game in a way and, and try and press them, that then it will be a good a good high scoring game. I think the one sort of feature of Kenny Jacket's team last season. Was obviously built on a solid defence, and it has been since, since he's come into the club. If we can just sort of get that, get that bit of the game right, and maybe if I think that's got to be the goal, try and keep a clean sheet against Burton, and then that's that's going to give the boys at the back a lot of confidence because we are going to score goals no matter where we, no matter who we come up against. That's that's guaranteed. Like if you look at last season, Harness, Harness when he broke into the Burn team, he scored a few goals, and obviously he's shown that he can score goals already this season. Marcus and Curtis, between them, they got nearly forty goals last season between the two of them, and obviously plus Curtis's assists. There's, there's goals in this front three. If we if we can tighten up at the back and keep a clean sheet against Burton, that is that is going to sort of be, as the Icelanders would say, the first brick in the wall, brick by brick. We're going to um, we're going to we're going to be we're going to be better better this season for it, and hopefully we'll start winning games as we improve defensively.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think. We've got all the talent, haven't we? They just need to get it together now, really on the pitch and just I think as you said, when it starts clicking, and I'm gonna say when, because we're being positive about this, when it starts clicking, you know, we could be an absolute force to be reckoned with in this league, which is why most of the podcasts, again, around you know, the whole league and D three, D four and you know, respectable outlets like that, you know, tipped Pompey to, to be champions and comfortably.
0: Exactly. I think if if you look if you look at that front three. I don't think there's a team in League One with a better front three than we have. Like, just like I've obviously I've obviously watched a lot of League One football. Like you have, you we we know how good that front three is, and obviously Downing and Burgess is, are both very very good centre halves. And obviously we've got Jack Watmore to come back later on this season. And once he's back in that defence, we are going to be better. We are going to be better for it. And hopefully, should. Once, once it clicks, like, I, like I'm like you, I've, we've got to be positive about this because we lost our two best players last season, and we are start. We we have got to give the players time to gel. I think everyone sort of expected us to be straight back at it this season, just smashing teams for fun. But it's obviously not started that way. And once it does gel, we are going to start beating teams because we probably have got one of the best squads in League One, especially with the money we've spent as well. Things. Like I, I'm, I'm being positive about it because I do truly believe that we will, we will start beating teams and we will claw back, claw, start clawing our way back up the table. And I have no doubt in my mind that we'll be in and around those automatic play, uh, automatic promotion places come the end of the season.
1: No, and I think I think that's a fair assessment. And I think it's just we just need to start getting those those wins. And once we start getting those wins, people can stop being so anxious about, you know, what's going on. Really, to be honest. Um, wins solve everything don't they sam exactly
0: it's not it's not about how you play it's about the results i saw i saw quite a good tweet on twitter i saw a quite a good tweet earlier on this week it was saying if you want if you, if you want us to play pretty football then don't don't expect us to um to win many games like last season we were so effective and we so effective and we beat a lot of teams from playing ugly football like that's that's the way it is if you if you cut like People were the same under Paul Cook. They 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 wanted us to play the ball around, but the effective the effective method is is to play ugly and bully teams into getting results. And I for one don't don't mind that as long as we are picking up points. And I think people have to realise that you cut that it's, it's going to take time to sort of play football and gel. And we've just got to grind out these results initially until it does start to click. And if we can grind out these results, it'll start to qu- start to click a lot quicker because people are going to be playing with more confidence.
1: And do you think that this season, Kenny Jacket's style of football could be seen as, well, if we get these wins, it will evolve into something that's better to watch than last season?
0: For sure. I think if you, you've got to look at the players we've brought in. We've, we've brought in players who, who, were, who, who were good technically with the ball. If you look at John Marquis in, in comparison to Olly Hawkins or Brett Pittman, he well probably not Brett Pittman but Ollie Hawkins who played the majority of last season up front John Marquis is technically a lot better than Ollie Hawkins but Hawkins was just a brute who could sort of hold the ball up and and bring other players into the game and John Marquis is someone who's obviously going to allow us to play off him and we're going to be able to play the ball on the floor a lot more and if you look at Ross McCrory, Ben Close, they're players who are going to want to play the, play the ball on the floor as well and Paul Downing again. He's he seems quite good, quite comfortable on the ball, and I'm sure I'm sure that the style of football will improve. But then I'm not going to be completely upset if we're not doing tiki taka, Barcelona 2008 sort of style of football. I don't mind winning ugly as long as we do get results.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think I'd like to try and get a bit of a balance. I think, but I do yeah. think that that's going to come if we start winning. I, I do genuinely think that. With the players we have and the personnel, that it is going to improve. Well, one thing I just actually remembered: um Burton have got that guy. What's his name at the back? Jo Tool. That's his name. The uh, Tool.
0: Jo Tool.
1: Yeah.
0: Was, um, Worcester Rose in Northampton.
1: Yeah, yeah. Northampton legend apparently.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what are your thoughts on him? If you know about him, before I start blabbing.
0: Yeah. No, I. I remember seeing him. I think he was a, he's almost like a converted striker because he, he started off as a striker and he scored a few goals for Bristol Rovers and then he sort of moved back into central midfield at, um, at Northampton. I saw him last season play for, I saw him not last season when Northampton went to Cheltenham Town. Obviously, that's where I went to uni. Um, he's, he's just a bit of an ugly sort of player. He was just, he just, uh, this, this is just from my personal opinion, having watched him play. He, he's quite tough tackling, but, he is also quite quite good at going forward with the ball. I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's 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 going to be an interesting one, and he is going to cause Tom Naylor and Ben Close, Ross McCrory, whoever plays in that central midfield, role some issues because he does get down and dirty within the game and does try to make sort of like put put players off their game. And if we can shut him out of the game, we are. That that's one of the first steps into beating Burton.
1: Yeah, especially when um, I think Buxton may not be able to play in the game as well. So I don't know who their their choice ends back is, but they haven't got a massive deep squad. No,
0: um, I was going to say I look. I had a look at their squad prior to sort of uh, recording the podcast, and it's not a massive squad at all.
1: No. Um, oh yeah. Who was I going to mention quickly? Oh yeah. And um, I see Fraser has started the uh, season with three goals. Uh, and three assists in six games. Scott Fraser, a Scotland player, came from Dundee. Uh, last season, for Burton, he got six goals and two assists in 42 games. So I think some of his goals have been from distance as well. He plays in that in the three, so they played a 4-3-3 last game, um, although Burton have been tinkering with their formation. But yeah, one of the players to watch out for in this game is Scott Fraser. with With three goals and three assists, that's a point, basically, in every game that he's played, he's contributed for Burton.
0: Yeah, that's exactly that's we've already we've already been exposed sort of a like long red strikes this season against Shrewsbury, and I think hopefully, hopefully, I back Tom Naylor to marshal that midfield against anyone in this division. To be honest with you, I think he's not scared of coming up against coming up against any sort of central players, and hopefully, he will shut him out of the game. Him, well, he'll shut O'Toole and and um, Fraser out of the game along with McCrory, and then give him. Been close to that free roam free roam in that midfield. So, I think the midfield battle again is is going to be key. And again, like like I said earlier on, that's why we can't play a four four two because we need those three in midfield so we don't get overrun and we can win that midfield battle. And that's what this team's built around.
1: Yeah, no, completely agree, mate. Is there anything you want to cover? Because I think we've pretty much gone through everything, Sam. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna raise or talk about? Um.
0: I don't think so. Um, I think I think we've gone through everything. I've gone through everything. I wanted to talk about on my notes. Just spoken about Brett Pittman and Gareth Evans. Um, so yeah, I think I'm happy.
1: I think we've done pretty well, mate, to yeah. get to past fifty minutes, considering there's no game to preview. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah, so yeah, nice one, mate. Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, mate. Um, have- do you want to tell people where they can find you, follow you, etc.?
0: Yeah. So um. My Twitter is at Sam Jeffers Macy. Um, yeah, I try to tweet as much as I can about Pompey and do tweet about other things as well, sort of try to give my opinion on as much football as I can. But yeah, I try. It's mainly, it's mainly based around Pompey. So yes, uh, that's at Sam Jeffers Macy.
1: Yeah, give Sam a, give Sam a follow. He's, he's a great read as well. Um, yeah, Sam, thanks a lot, mate. And we'll see what comes on. Oh yeah, so what last thing is do you think there'll be many tickets left for people who haven't managed to secure one? Because I think season ticket uh, holders so we're recording this Wednesday night season ticket holders now don't have the option but well, it's closed. Uh, I noticed it hasn't been said it's sold out so it'll now go to members and former shareholders, won't it?
0: Yeah, um, I'm hoping I'm hoping for myself uh, that I'll be able to get a ticket ticket for the game but yeah, I think those tickets are going to be like gold dust if anyone if anyone can get their hands on them it's going to be it's going to be a massive massive game but i don't know I don't know if I'll be able to go because of obviously work and things like that, but yeah i think yeah i, I don't think there's going to be many tickets left for the general sale so yeah i i i'm I'm so excited for the game so so excited for the game
1: mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if if people are uh, need tickets and can't, uh, why not come and uh, go onto the Pompey News Now Twitter page? So at Pompey News Now, and um, yeah, enter. We're giving away two tickets thanks to our friends at Caribou. Um, yeah, a pair of tickets. So you just need to retweet the tweet on there. Uh, follow at PO Forecast, at Pompey News Now, and at Caribou underscore Cup for a chance to win two tickets. Cool. Right, Sam i've said goodbye already so have a great evening mate and um, thanks for listening everyone and thanks for contributing and until next time play at pompey you have been listening to the po forecast for pompey news now available on soundcloud spotify and apple podcasts follow po forecast and pompey news now on twitter for more information
0: and there is the full-time whistle